every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast, a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start, grow, or turn around your business. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, John Paul Iwoha. It is about business partnership and I'm going to be discussing very important points about how to choose a business partner. And business partnership is a very crucial topic because it is one of those things that can be equally powerful and equally damaging depending on how you handle it. It can be a two-edged sword. It has very good sides when it works, and when it doesn't work, it can have very terrible consequences. And the the interesting parts of um, the the interesting things about a business partnership is what it can actually do for a business. So, for example, you know the common saying that two good heads are better than one. You know, you can imagine the quality of ideas, the kinds of innovation the kind of progress you can make with a business when two bright people, two or more bright people come together to start a business or build a project. So there is there is definitely a lot of advantages that can come from sound minds coming together to build something. Another important um, um, opportunity that a business partnership presents is that it allows people to contribute resources. Now, one of the biggest reasons why people cannot start a business or even grow an existing business is a lack of resources, primarily capital. You know, so but when two or more people are coming together, they can contribute what they have. They can contribute capital, and it's not just capital that a business needs to succeed. They can contribute their knowledge, their experience, their expertise. They can contribute any assets they have. So, if you were just on your own and you're trying to start a business, but then you can, you they, you have a business partner who is coming on board and has property that can be used as the the office for the business or the store or the person has access to land that can you go all of all those things can save you significant significant amounts of capital you know rather than going it on your own another very powerful advantage of a business partnership is it allows you to share risks with other people or another person so when you're going into business alone you're bearing all the risk if things go wrong you are going to bear a hundred percent of the loss because you're alone but if you're going with other people, you're definitely going to share the risk. And the consequence of losing um, something if the business doesn't work will not be as devastating as if you were going at it on your own. But that being said, business partnership can also come with its own consequences when it doesn't work. So that's why I like to call it a double-edged sword. When it works, it can be very exciting. It can be a miracle sometimes. But when it doesn't work, it can be very devastating. And one common downside of a business partnership is the potential for conflict. So human beings will always be human beings. When, you, when you're going into business with somebody, it's likely you may not always agree. It's likely that uh, at times points will come up that would... Um, you know, tear you guys at the seam. So it's not uncommon for business partnerships to go through times of conflict. And some of those conflicts may be so severe that it ends up damaging the business. So that is one, one downside of business partnerships. When they go wrong and the business partners 
are unable to manage their differences and allow it to, bl to blow out of proportion. It can eventually damage the business. Another common downside of business partnerships is the decision-making may be slower. You can imagine that if you're in business on your own, you have all the, all the, um, you have, um, all the rights to make decisions on your own. But then when you're in business with somebody else or some other people, you need to get their own, you need to get their own perspectives. You need to accommodate their own ideas before you can make a, a decision. So there's sometimes there's a need for consensus and it can take time and effort sometimes to get somebody to agree to your own point of view or, or get them to capitulate to your own point of view. Um, another downside of business partnerships is you have to share ownership. So if you're in business with somebody, it's likely you might be sharing ownership of the business. Compared to if you were on your own, you own 100% of the business. But then if you're in business with other people, you have to share ownership. You have to share control. You can't just uh, make all the decisions. It's not, um, you can't run it like a dictatorship. If not, you're going to run into uh, conflict. And then, of course, any returns from the business, any profits you make will have to be shared with your other business partners. So some people are you know some people have done remarkable things with business partnerships if you think of some of the most um, successful companies in the world um, apple was a product of a business partnership the two steves microsoft was a product of, of a business uh, partnership um, google is a product of a business partnership there are several interesting um, companies successful companies that are the product of of a business partnership and that is why i think this topic is important because in these days of increasingly scarce resources, where sometimes you may have the money, but you don't understand the market or you don't have the experience, or sometimes you may have the skills, you may have the technical skills, but you don't have the sales skills or business skills or financial skills, you know, things like that. So business partnerships can work a lot of wonders. And one of the, reason, one of the reasons I think um, entrepreneurs are struggling is because we're not leveraging, you know, we're all working in silos. We're not leveraging the strengths of other people. Sometimes people are scared to go into business with other people and they want to go it alone. And most times you may not have everything. So if you're one of those people who is on the fence about business partnerships or you're, you're open to the idea of a business partnership, but you don't know exactly what to look out for when you want to choose a business partner or you're scared of making a mistake because if you select the wrong person, you may end up in trouble, which is true because business partnership is more or less like a marriage. You know, you once you go into it and, you know, after some time, it can be very difficult to get a divorce. And even when you get a divorce, it can be very expensive and devastating to the business and to you personally. So it makes sense that you listen closely to the things I'm going to be sharing with you in this episode so that when the time comes for you to choose a business partner or if you're in the middle of considering that decision, the things I'm going to say in this um, episode are really going to help you make that uh, decision. So now I'm going to tell you about four important factors to consider in choosing a business partner. Now, the first factor is contribution. Anybody you're going to business with needs to contribute something important to the business. The worst thing you can do is to take on a business partner because he's your friend or because he's your sibling, or because he's your relative, or something. You cannot select a business partner on the basis of sympathy. Sympathy does not cut it, because down the road, you're going to feel used. 
down the road, you're going to feel a lot of stress because it feels like you're carrying a burden on your shoulder. It feels like you're carrying somebody who is not bringing anything to the table, but is expecting something in return. So one of the biggest reasons why business partnerships don't work is that you allow somebody who is not contributing something important to join you at the table. And when I say contribution, there are practically four things a person can contribute to a business in order for you to consider them a business partner. One of the key ones is money. Now, a lot of people um, get into business partnerships because there is a partner who is willing to put up the money and then the other person is willing to run the business or has the skills for running the business and things like that. So somebody somebody can contribute money. And of course, we, we all know how important money is, how funding is, how critical funding is to, to them to starting or growing a business. Another thing a person can contribute is their skills. So it could be technical skills. That's the skill required to make a product or execute the project or something. Uh, or it could be business skills or commercial skills, like the person knows how to sell or management skills or something. Or um, even skill too can come with time. Maybe you have a business idea, you have the money to execute it, but you don't have the time to actually run the business. Maybe you have a job, you don't want to leave, but then you want to start the business as a side business and look and watch the potential. And if it, if it grows and, you know, comes into its promise, you plan to quit your job one day and then face the business full time. But right now you, you don't have the time. So if you have somebody who has the skills to run that business and they have the time to contribute, that's a solid contribution. Another important um, thing, another important um thing that can be contributed for a person to qualify as a business partner is if they can contribute resources. Now, these resources will be things apart from capital. So if they have an asset like a building that can be used as a um, factory space or your store or your warehouse or an office space, if they have something they can contribute that will be valuable to the business, maybe they have equipment, maybe they have land that if you're into agribusiness, um, leasing land would have cost you a lot of money. But if you have somebody who has the land and is willing to contribute it to the business, that person qualifies as a business partner because they are bringing something to the table. It could be equipment, it could be vehicles. So anything that is substantial to the survival of the business, that will be considered an important resource. And if somebody can contribute that, then the person qualifies um, at least for now, to be a business partner until you listen, until you hear all the other points I'm, I'm going to raise. Another thing a person can contribute is contacts. So maybe you, are, you have a business idea or you have a business, but it's not really growing as well as it should. And that's because you don't have access to key people in the market, either people who could become your customers or your suppliers or your distributors. If somebody has the experience and knowledge of the market and has access to contacts, maybe the person has access to investors, uh, potential suppliers, potential distributors, potential customers, that person is an asset to the business. And they, of course, have earned their seats at the table. So the first rule is the person needs to contribute something valuable to the business. You cannot take on a business partner on the basis of sympathy. It's going to bite you down the road. The second important factor to consider in choosing a business partner is the personality of that, of the, the personality. Now, at the very core of it, business partnerships is about two or more human beings coming together. And human beings were great, but we're not perfect. And not everybody goes along with every other person. There are people 
who go along together and there are people who cannot stand each other. I'm sure it's happened to you. There are people who just by their nature, you, you guys are not, um, you guys don't gel. You're not compatible. It's not as if there's anything wrong with them. It's just that the way they think or the way they are is very different from the way you are and you guys are just not compatible. It happens all the time in relationships and marriages and things like that. When people are not compatible, they are disastrous to each other. You know, so you don't want that kind of thing. You want somebody you're compatible with, somebody you have a connection with, somebody you have a mutual interest with, somebody you have to get along with. They may not be your friend, but the, the basic foundation for a partnership is that you are compatible with this kind of person. Maybe you guys meet for the first time or a couple of times, you talk, you know, and over time you start to find out if this person is the kind of person you can get along with. Or not, and this is very important because sometimes the things that destroy um, business partnerships may not even be the core parts of the business. It may just be differences in personality. Maybe somebody has an ego that is just too just too big to serve. You know things like that, and these things are very important. It's not just about uh, the person is bringing a lot of money. The person is investing in the business. The person can invest in the business, and then you just cannot stand that person. That means at the point you're going to feel you're going to you're going to start hating your business because you're having to you're having to deal with somebody you know whose um, kindred spirit does not align with yours. So this is one common area that people overlook. Maybe the person has money. Maybe the person has contacts. Maybe the person has skills that they need, and they decide to just manage the person. Now the problem with managing somebody is that there will come times when you need to make important decisions about the business. They may be strategic decisions, very important decisions. And when you guys already have personality differences, you, you are not compatible, it's going to be difficult to make progress. Simple decisions are going to take a very long time because of personality differences. So you can make life easy for yourself by making sure that anybody you get into partnership with is somebody you have a connection with, somebody who with whom you're compatible. Another important thing to look out for under the personality side is that you need to like, you guys need to have some basic form of likeness for each other. You know, before you do business with somebody, there are typically three things they say need to happen. You need to know the person, you need to like the person, and you need to trust the person. But before trust can exist, there has to be likeness. Just, just think about it. Is there somebody you trust that you don't like? It's almost impossible. Before you can trust somebody, you have to like them first. And then after liking them, then trust can follow. Trust takes some time to develop, but trust can only grow on top of likeness. You have to like that person. So like I said, the person doesn't necessarily have to be your friend. Once there is some basic form of connection, you like this person. Maybe it could just be, I like the way he thinks. I like the way she sees the world. I like the way she makes decisions. I like the way, you know, so it just, we're just human beings. And sometimes you just feel it. So there may not be any science for it. I can't really tell you the things to look out for, but human beings, we know these things instinctively. If there's somebody you're going to get along with, you will know, you know, after the first couple of meetings, you will know. And some people are so perceptive that even from the first meeting, they already know that this is somebody, you know, they can do business with, or this is somebody that, that's going to cause trouble. So compatibility, and then you need to like them. And then with time, trust is going to come. Now, the third factor, just before I go ahead, don't forget the first factor is contribution. The person needs to bring something valuable to the table. The second is personality. You need somebody you're compatible with. 
The third is values. Now, the thing with values is you may have a friend and a friend you've known since childhood. You guys get into business and all of a sudden, this business partnership is about to destroy a friendship you have built since childhood. How come? You like this person, you trust him or you trust her, but you guys are having differences and running the business. And that's because sometimes it can be a difference in values. Now, your values are the principles that guide you, especially when it comes to how you think about business and maybe how you run your own life. Now, so when you, when you guys have value differences, it can cause a lot of trouble. And the, the most glaring point when a difference in values causes the most problems is when you guys start recruiting people to join your team, when you start to employ people. So if you guys do not have the same, if you don't agree on the same values, for the business, you're going to have issues. And everybody has their own personal values. So it helps for you to find somebody with whom your personal values kind of align. So I have my own personal values. And one of them, for example, is that I'm open-minded. I'm unlikely to follow, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very likely to challenge things. I'm a curious person. I always like to ask why. I ask a lot of questions. It's in my nature. I want to know. I'm not the kind of person you tell me this is it and it's final. I'm going to challenge it. I want to know. It's my nature. So if you're going to work with somebody who, who just takes things, you know, at face value, sometimes you may get irritated when some things happen. Another value of mine is fairness. I, I'm, I'm totally pissed off when things are unfair. I like a level playing field. I like everybody to have a chance and things like that. And if there's somebody who likes to play favor uh, favorites, the person likes to be a godfather or godmother, it's really going to piss me off. I'm, I may not be able to work with that kind of person. I also consider hard work one of my values. As long as there is, I love to work. When I, when I see work that I love, I don't, I don't have any limits on the work. I will work at all times. I will work weekends if I'm enjoying the work. Hard work is just, it's not something I... It's not something I, I have to think about if I love what I'm doing. So I, I have a very large capacity for hard work. And if, you're, if I'm going to work with a lazy person, over time I'm going to feel used because once that person discovers that I like to work hard, they would just keep shipping all the work to me. I may like it initially, but when there are profits and we have to share it equally, I'll start to feel used because I would think I, I did most of the work. So it's important for you to understand your own personal values. If not... Is going to cause problems down the road. I'm also proactive and I'm bold. I'm likely going to talk. I won't just listen to something and keep quiet. I won't just attend a meeting or something and keep quiet. I want to be, I want to be participative. So I think business partnership really is about understanding yourself. If you don't understand yourself and you want to, you want to get into business with another person, you are going to find out that there are things you cannot stand. And the problem is you never thought of it before. So you need to find out what your own personal values are. Where are the lines where you will not like it when somebody crosses it? What are the things you appreciate in yourself? And then maybe when you see somebody else who shares those values, it's going to be very unlikely that you guys are going to have um, problems. So that's it for values. Don't forget the first one. The first factor of four is contribution. The person needs to bring something to the table. The second is personality. Make sure you are at the minimum compatible with, it, with this person. The third is your values. You need to find out, you need to be sure what your principles are and make sure that you're working with somebody who shares at least um, some of your basic um, principles. The fourth factor is the rules. Now, this is another area that causes big problems because 
And I think the, the, the reason why it causes problems is because we make a lot of assumptions. You're going into business with your wife, with your friend, with your childhood friend, with your neighbor, your relative, because you guys are already friends. And um, usually there are no rules that guide friendships. It, it, you just go with the flow. But business is not like that. You have to set rules. If not, you know, there's going to be there's going to be trouble down the road, especially when money is involved. So if you don't set the rules, you're going to have um, conflicts down the road. And these rules are very simple. It could be an agreed working arrangement. I am going to be responsible for X, Y, and Z. You are going to be responsible for A, B, C. It's just a very simple rule. So you need to you need to define you need to de you need to define the boundaries. Each person needs to know what their obligations are. What are they bringing to the table? What do you expect the other side to do? And what should they expect you to do? You know, so there are different scenarios you need to you need to think of when it comes to rules. And sometimes these rules are embodied in an agreement. At, I always encourage people, even if it's your your sibling or your parents you're going into business with, have some basic form of agreement that these are the rules that are going to guide us. It may be just an email you send to the person and then the person confirms that they have read and understood it. That's just going to be the rules because it's difficult to play any game. And business is a game. It's difficult to play any game when you don't have rules. So it's very important. And this is an area that people overstep for two reasons. What the first is that they are making assumptions that the two of them already know or that the other person already knows what you expect from them. Nobody can read your mind. It's better when you put it out there. Apart from assumptions, the second reason why people do not set rules is that for some people, it can be an uncomfortable conversation. They don't want to have that conversation. And trust me, it's better you have that conversation at the beginning of the business because when things start to get complex, especially when money starts to get involved, some conversations become almost impossible to have. So you might feel uncomfortable about that conversation, but I can guarantee you that this is the best time to have that conversation at the very beginning. You can't start a relationship and then midway you're now setting the rules. The other person is not going to take it seriously because they've already gotten away with several other things in the past. So it's important to set rules. It can be a contract. It can be, and the more, the more that is at stake, the more, the, the higher the need for an agreement. So you can imagine if you're going into a multi-million dollar deal, maybe for a housing project or for a business or something, or something that um, is going to require you guys to invest a lot of money, time, and energy. It's important that you flesh everything out. If a dispute occurs, what happens? When you make profit, what happens? Who is, what are the responsibilities of both parties? Who, does, who is responsible for this? And who is responsible, responsible for the other? So it's very, very important that... Um, that these things are very clear from the get-go. So, so far, I've talked about the four important factors to consider in choosing a business partner. The four of them are contribution. The person needs to bring something to the table. Personality, you need to do business with somebody you're compatible with. The third is values. You need to, you need to get into a partnership with somebody who shares at least some of your basic values. And the fourth is rules. You need to define the, you need to define the rules of the game you're about to get into. Now, having said this, in, um, I'm going to share with you some of the combinations I have noticed that have worked well among some of my clients, you know, over my career, you know, business partnerships that have seen work. I want to give you some examples of, um, 
of um, the kind of personalities and the kinds of people involved. And I'm going to use some very interesting names to brand them so that you may be able to identify yourself and somebody else that you're considering as a business partner in what I'm about to say. So there are four different combinations I'm, I'm going to share with you right now. The first is the dreamer and the operator. Now, the dreamer is usually the guy or the girl with big ideas. That's the visionary. That's the creative person, the optimistic person. The person always wants to, you know, do new things and then create new products. So every business needs a dreamer because that's what pushes the limits of possibility for the business. But, you know, the thing with dreamers is that they can take on too much risk because they are very optimistic. They don't really think so much about the things that could go wrong. And if a dreamer goes into business on his own or her own, they're unlikely to get into unrealistic projects and then end up spending um, money or getting themselves into things that are very um, unrealistic and, and risky. So that's why the operator is a good partner material for the dreamer because the operator is the analytical person. That's the person who is more realistic. They are the ones who are more focused on execution. So the dreamer may have their big ideas, but the the operator is a person who says, okay, how do we make this happen? They are more focused on execution. Now, while that's a good thing, the, the reason why the two of them go well together is that the operator also has his own um, or her own um, downsides. Sometimes it could be very conservative and averse to risk because they are realistic people. So the, it takes the dreamer sometimes to stretch the vision of the operator. And that's how the business makes progress because the dreamer gets the vision and the big ideas and then the operator is the, is, the, is the executor. So I've noticed that this kind of model works really well. When these two people have, when these two people are, are compatible, you know, in terms of their personality, they share more or less the same values and, you know, they are bringing something to the table. I see that this um, combination works well, the dreamer and the operator. The, another combination I noticed that works well is the seller and the manager. So the seller is the person who is the deal maker. That's the outgoing person, the person who likes to go and get customers, go out there and pitch and sell. That's the person that likes to go out and look for potential distributors, um, suppliers, or even investors. They are good at pitching. They are salespeople by their nature. Now, the, the, the seller may be good at selling, but they are not very good at organizational stuff. They don't like routine stuff, like the kind of things that are involved in running the office, keeping the accounts, managing employees, and all those kind of uh, management work. That's not the seller. The seller prefers to be out there pitching and then closing deals for the business. That's why they do well when they have a manager, because the manager is a person who sits back and runs the ship. They are the ones who are good at organization and um, administrative tasks, and then they focus on the nitty-gritty of running the business because the seller may keep selling and getting customers, but those customers may not be may not be served well because there's nobody to actually you know you know there's nobody to actually fulfill the needs of the customer. So you need somebody back at the office who is running the ship while the salesperson is out there. So the seller and the manager. Is one good combination I've seen that works together. Uh, the third combination I've noticed that works well is the artist and the developer. So the artist is the specialist. This is usually the guy who has the, or the girl who has the technical knowledge and the skills to build a, pro, a good product. The artist may be an engineer. They may be a programmer. They can, they can be, you know, essentially they are the person who has the skill to, to, to do the building. They are the builders. But then sometimes the artist is usually clueless on the business side. They don't have the commercial skills required to sell what they have. 
So they may have a good product, but they don't have the they don't have the skills or the makeup to make it a commercial success. They don't have that um, they don't have that business skill. So it helps when they get a developer, somebody who has the commercial and business skills that can do the marketing, that can do the selling, and then pitch that product. Because as you already know by now, a good product cannot sell itself. You actually have to sell it. You know, there's no use having a good product if people don't know about it. And sometimes people who are good at building things are not good at selling them. So it helps when the artist has a developer on his, on his side or her side who is able to, you know, see the potential of what the artist has built and then make it into a commercial success. One interesting example is the founders of Apple. So Steve Wozniacki and Steve Jobs. Now, Steve Wozniacki was the artist. He's the one who was building the, the computers. That was Steve Wozniacki. Most people didn't see him. In fact, most people don't know of Steve Wozniacki when they think of Apple. Most people think most people know Steve Jobs. And it's because Steve Jobs was the developer. Steve Jobs was the guy with the business skills, with the commercial skills. Steve Jobs was the one who was pitching Apple products. He's the one who made all those excellent pitches that made Apple a global success. But Steve Jobs would not have anything to sell if Steve Wozniacki was not developing it. So Steve Wozniacki was the artist. Steve Jobs was the developer. He was the one who saw the potential in what his friend was building. And then he was able to take it out there and make it a commercial success. So the artist and the developer work quite well. Another combination that works well is the active and the passive. Now, so sometimes you have somebody who has the time to devote to a business they are ready to give their time to run the day-to-day -day operations and tactics you know, of the business. So they focus on the operational side. Then you may have a partner who is more passive. They don't want to get involved in the day-to-day. -day. They don't want to get involved in operations. They are more focused on the strategic stuff, business development, leadership, the market position, competitive advantage, resources. So and sometimes it works well because one person is very hands-on, running to day-to-day. -day. The other person is much more strategic. So sometimes they don't get to clash. They are out of their own um, way. So th that's one good way that um, this combination can work, the active and passive. So at this point of the episode, let's recap. I started this episode by um, telling you about the benefits, the upsides and the downsides of business partnerships. When they work well, business partnerships can be amazing. You know, you can imagine what two good heads can do compared to just doing it on your own. But on the flip side, when business partnerships don't work, they can be very devastating. They can be disastrous even to the business. Um, the other thing I talked about were the four, four important factors to consider in choosing a business partner. The first is contribution. The person has to bring something valuable to the table. The second is personality. You need to, you, at, the, at the minimum, your business partner should be somebody you're compatible with, somebody with whom you have a connection, somebody you like. The third factor is values. You need to, you need to first understand the principles you're not going to compromise on your own. Because if, you're not, if you do not understand yourself, down the road, you're going to start saying things in the other person that you just cannot stomach. And then the fourth are the rules. It doesn't help you to assume that the other person knows what to expect from this deal. It's important to have that conversation and define the boundaries. And the second is, you might think that that um, conversation is going to be uncomfortable. Trust me, it's better you have it now than later. And then I talked about the four types of partnership combinations I've noticed that work. I talked about the dreamer and the operator. I talked about the seller and the manager. I talked about the artist and the developer. And then I talked about the active and the, and the passive. So at this point, there are four important things I need you to pay attention to. 
The first is to join the Insiders Program. Now, this conversation started inside the Insiders Program because one of our members is trying to get into business with a potential business partner. But like I, I, I mentioned earlier, business partnership is like a marriage. The moment it is contracted, it can be difficult to get a divorce down the road. It can be very expensive and even devastating to you personally. So it makes sense for you to be apprehensive about the kind of person you get into business with. So this is one of the benefits of joining the Insiders Program. This is something you can do theoretically. You know, because every person is different. Every business situation is different. So you need access to advice, to coaching, to support that can help you make these critical business decisions. Because the decision about a business partner is one of those small but very powerful decisions that can actually propel a business to dramatic success or crash it. So this is one reason why you need to consider joining the Insiders program. The Insiders is a community of entrepreneurs. You also have the opportunity to network with other people who have likely made this kind of decision before and have been burnt and have learned from their experiences. You can benefit from that. And there are also opportunities for collaboration. So to learn more about the Insiders program, head over to smallstarter.com slash insiders. Again, it's smallstarter.com slash insiders. Um, now that you've listened to this episode, is to tell your friends about this podcast. Just this thing you've learned today alone can, ser can, can serve you and save you a lot of heartache down the road. So how can you leave us a five-star review? Um, you head over to smallstarter.com slash review. That, again, that's smallstarter.com slash review. Head over there and then you see the steps for leaving us a, a five-star review if you want. What you learned today is going to help you make a very solid decision on a business partner who is going to contribute something valuable to your business, who you're going to enjoy doing business with because you know that person and then you get to trust that person that you're compatible with. Who you're going to work with, um, I, I hope you find somebody with whom you share your basic values with, the values you're not going to compromise. And for you to know what those values are, you need to really think about yourself. What are the things that are valuable to you? And then I also hope you don't make the mistake of going into a business partnership without setting the rules so that it doesn't get you into, the, into trouble down the road. See you in the next episode. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.